The Lord be with you. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We welcome you all to this morning's service as we gather around God's holy word and receive the gift of his very body and blood in the Holy Communion. A few announcements for this morning. First of all, join us for Sunday school and Bible class. First of all, in the lounge for refreshments. And then the adults head off to the gym for a study entitled The St. Peter Option. Or for the fellowship hall for the new member class entitled Catechesis for Life. Sunday school children, kindergarten through fifth grade, begin with an opening in the music room. Sixth through eighth graders meet in the school fifth grade classroom. And the high school Bible class meets in the school seventh grade classroom. Please join us in the study of God's holy word. It is with a mixture of sadness and thankfulness that Trinity Lutheran Church and School acknowledge the passing of Leroy Hart on February 12, 2024 at the age of 94. Mr. Hart and his family came to Sheboygan in the summer of 1969 where he faithfully served as teacher and principal here for over 24 years until his retirement. He then moved to, Saint, he moved to Minnesota to be closer to his family. Mr. Hart was eager to share his vast knowledge on most any subject with his students. He instilled in those students a quest for learning. The book of Trinity Lutheran School's history will be filled with chapters of growth, success, and achievement due to his leadership. Mr. Hart was truly a blessing to our church and school. He is survived by his wife, Doris, daughters, Suzanne, Rebecca, and Stephanie, and their families. While we mourn with the family, we also rejoice with them that Mr. Hart has now joined that great company of saints in heaven. I'd also bring to your attention that the Valparaiso University Chorale will present a wonderful, worshipful concert of anthems, hymns, and a cantata by Johann Sebastian Bach here at Trinity on Saturday, March 2nd at 7 p.m. Brass, string orchestra, and featured organist John Schwatt will add inspiring instrumental, instrumental music to the uh, program entitled Soli Deo Gloria. Please note that um, Sheboygan Lutheran High School Concert Corps and Trinity Lutheran 7th and 8th grade choir will join the Valparaiso University musicians in this event. The concert is free and open to the public. Please join us for our midweek Lenten services this Wednesday at 8.30 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. This is a light, there is a light supper before our evening service beginning at 5.30 p.m. in the fellowship hall. All are welcome. The best way to follow along is to place your bulletin in the back of your um, hymnal. The panel serves as a guide. Simply uh, go to the page indicated. That's it for announcements this morning. Please stand. The bells will call us to worship. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. 
Please kneel for confession and absolution. Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended you and justly deserved your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor, sinful being. Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God to all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, you see that of ourselves we have no strength. By your mighty power, defend us from all adversities that may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts that may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the second Sunday in Lent is from Genesis chapter 17. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless, that I make, may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face. God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your offspring after you. And God said to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall become nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. 
because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 8th chapter. And Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others one of the prophets. And he asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Christ. And he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed, and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And he called to him the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? For what can a man give in return for his life? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is the Gospel of the Lord.
Our text for this morning's sermon is taken from the gospel lesson with special emphasis on the following words. He said this plainly. This is our text. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus Christ, telling it like it is means that we state what the facts are, even the unpleasant ones, in an honest way. Today we hear Jesus telling it like it is when it comes to what it means to be the Christ, one set apart by God. It means that he will suffer and die on a cross and on the third day rise from the dead. Jesus said this plainly. But this isn't what Peter wanted to hear. It didn't fit with his narrative about what it means to be the Christ and what should and should not happen to him. So Jesus tells it like it is again when it comes to the source of Peter's narrative when he says to Peter, get behind me, Satan, with an exclamation point. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. When our Lord says through the prophet Isaiah, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, he means it. Our thoughts, words, and deeds are the opposite because of, of the Lord's because we're held captive to the unholy trinity of the devil, the world, and our own sinful selves, which say that the power to define our identities, who we are, and to control our destinies, that that power lies within us. This is the chant or the mantra of a fallen world, but it contradicts Jesus. And it confesses the opposite of what the Apostle Paul says, because remember, the Apostle Paul always runs with Jesus. That's what it means to be an apostle sent by, by Jesus to say what Jesus says. But we've turned it around. We've flipped it over. We've, we say the opposite. Instead of saying what the Apostle Paul says, we say, we believe, from me and to me and through me are, are all things. To me be the glory forever. Amen. So instead of listening to those who tell it like it is, our itching ears tune in to those who tell us what we want to hear, and with sharpness of tongue, silence those who don't. It's why even Peter took, aside, took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. He didn't like what Jesus was saying. And notice, he has a sharp tongue toward the Son of God. How arrogant. But it even happens with Peter. He rebukes Jesus. It's because Peter didn't like what Jesus was saying. He didn't like the truth. And quite frankly, more often than not, we don't either. The truth hurts. You've heard that saying before. The truth hurts. Well, People say that because it does. It hurts our feelings. 
especially, and that's especially big in our day and age. The cardinal sin from the perspective of the world today is to hurt someone's feelings. That is bogus. It is. And I want you to think about this in a new way. I want you to have a little discernment with regard to this because there seems to be a lack of discernment in our culture today. It's either one side or the other and nothing in between. There's nobody thinking through anything. I've mentioned this before, but it's worth repeating. If I touch a stove by mistake, I make a mistake and touch a hot stove, it hurts. It hurts my feelings. Ouch! And I immediately change, right? I immediately get that hand off of the stove. So, if those sensors or whatever you call them, what do you call them? Ah. Thank you. Sometimes it's hard to get, you know, do off the spot up here. Yeah, your nerve endings. If they hurt my feelings, make me hurt, good! Good! You know, some people don't have those nerve endings, thank you. And, and what they do is they can actually put their hand on a stove and not know it until the thing is smelling you know, of burned flesh. Too late, you ruined your hand. You see how hurting your feelings can be a good thing? Now, if it hurts your feelings and you get a math problem wrong and your teacher says, no, that is wrong, that may hurt your feelings. Good! Because you need to know the right answer. When you're doing something wrong in thought, word, or deed, it needs to be called out because it ultimately will hurt you and others. If you don't do the math correctly, you're going to hurt others if they put you in a place where you are in charge of doing a math, doing the math for building airplanes and those sorts of things, or getting a shuttle up and down, right? Yeah. People tell me all the time, if I've heard it once, I've heard it a thousand times. Pastor, I know it's not right, but it makes me feel good. I know it's not true, but it, it makes me feel good. And I say, not for long. Right, not for long. But on the flip side, the truth hurts your feelings. And I'll say it this way too, because it's true. The truth hurts your feelings. But not for long. You know why? Because the truth sets you free. It sets you free. The narrative doesn't. The truth does. I want you to think about that. When Jesus says, when Jesus says, quote, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed, and after three days rise again, he's telling it like it is. And it needs to be said. And it's hurtful, especially to him. But this is what needs to be done for the salvation of humankind, for mankind to be saved. Peter thought there was another way a way without the cross, and often we do too. And if you look at this closely, even Jesus longed for another way. Do you remember? 
He prayed in Gethsemane, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Do you see how Jesus defers to the Father? This is what we as human beings are, are called to do. This is what we we're created to do because the Father knows best. Ha! Father knows best. Now look what happens with Peter when he gets it right. He says, you are the Christ, right? He gets it right. From Matthew, we hear a little bit more than what Mark gives us here. From Matthew, Jesus says, this has not been, this has not been, this doesn't come from you. It has been revealed to you from my Father in heaven. You see? So he gets it right. Jesus is the Christ. The word of God is, is running with Peter there, that Jesus is the Christ. And Jesus even says, we hear this in Matthew's account as well, ah, Peter, you are Peter. On this rock I will build my, my church, the rock of confessing what the Lord says, not going with what you want, right? Not going with what you want. Because then Peter doesn't want Jesus to suffer. When he hears that Jesus says, I'm going to suffer and die and on the third day rise from the dead, we also hear that he goes on to say from Matthew, I will never let this happen. Yeah, right. And we know how that worked. Not only did he lift a sword in terms of trying to stop Jesus from going to the cross, what did he do? He denied Jesus on three occasions, denied even knowing him. Divine, he, he denied even knowing him. Oh my goodness. So when Jesus says to Peter, get behind me, Satan, he's telling it like it is. Because Peter there is trying to stop him from loving us genuinely. Peter has joined the evil one who seeks to change what love is, changing it from love of the other to love of self. When Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me, he's telling it like it is. This is genuine love. This is the way love works. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life, for my sake, and the Gospels will save it. Now I'm going to say something, too, that goes contrary to what you see all around you in the world. Are you ready? If it hurts your feelings, good. Love is not love. Let me say it again. Love is not love. To quote John in the scriptures, quote, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for sins. This is agape love, self-sacrifice love. And there are other loves, even though the world doesn't, you know, distinguish because it's not very discerning. There's friendship love, there's charitable love, there's erotic love, all of those things in the right place. Erotic love, 
The fire needs to stay in the fireplace, outside the fireplace. It's not good. Meaning fire in the fireplace means the fire in marriage. That's where that love belongs. Outside of that, outside of the fireplace, it's destructive. Love is not love. God is love. And God loves the other. He loves you and me with everything he is and everything he has. So when Jesus says, whoever is ashamed of me and my words and this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. He's telling it like it is. You're getting in the way of genuine love. You know the people who say love is love? They don't love you. Because the minute you say something they don't like, they'll cancel you. There's no forgiveness. There's unforgiveness. Only with the God who is love is there forgiveness, reconciliation, and restoration. When the Apostle Paul writes, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, he's telling it like it is. Remember an apostle sent by Christ to say what he says. Jesus he buried our guilt in his suffering and death and rose victorious over it in his resurrection. So the verdict in God's courtroom, in the end, it's this, not guilty. You're innocent of everything you've ever thought, said, or done because of him, because he has reconciled the world to himself through his suffering, death, and resurrection. He tells it like it is. It's not a pipe dream. It's the reality. You're innocent. When Jesus said to his disciples on that first Easter evening, peace be with you, he's telling it like it is. They were given the peace of witnessing with their own eyes that death had been overcome with life. That there is someone who actually says what he does and does what he says. Someone who loves with action. That the, the word at love is connected with the action of self-sacrifice. There is someone who does that. It's God. And God is love. And there you see it in his suffering, death, and resurrection. When Jesus said at your baptism and as you receive his body and blood here, peace be with you, he's telling it like it is. You have the peace of knowing that your sins are forgiven. You have the peace of knowing that you've been clothed with the innocence of Jesus Christ. And you have the peace of knowing that there is more life to be lived. Where? In the glory of God, with God and one another through the merits of Jesus' suffering, death, and resurrection. Jesus tells it like it is. I am the resurrection and the life, he says. Whoever believes in me, whoever, whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Thanks be to God. He tells it like it is. Amen. And now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and our lives in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Heavenly Father, give us your Holy Spirit that we might deny ourselves, take up the crosses you have given, 
and follow your Son through this troubled life into heaven. Prepare us to give up our lives, knowing that Christ has already saved them. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, give the church and all her servants grace to fulfill the ministries to which you have committed them. We especially this day pray for our seminaries, our universities, our high schools, and our day schools. Give them strength and wisdom as they prepare to proclaim your word to a world that that is dying to hear it. We thank you for the work also of Chrissy Schmidt, Trinity's early, early childhood teacher's aide, and for your blessing on those preparing for church work, including Ruth, James, Luke, and Harvey. Grant each of us strength to confess Christ boldly before the world. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, teach us to shun neither our Lord's suffering nor our own. When we endure persecution or ridicule for being your children, give us faith and perseverance. As you have promised, deliver us out of the hand of the wicked and redeem us from the grasp of the ruthless. Lord, in your mercy. Oh God, Abraham was only one when you called him, but you blessed him and multiplied him. Protect mothers with child and equip fathers to lead and raise their households in your fear and love, according to your word. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, all kingship belongs to you, and you rule over all nations. Bless Joseph, our president, and all those who govern, that they may rule wisely and in accord with your will. Lord, in your mercy. Great physician, heal and restore. We especially remember Weston Frick, newborn child of Paul and Taylor, who is in the NICU unit, for Helmuth Regala, father of Ramona Nimmer, recovering after surgery, for Kathy Berg, who will have surgery this week, for Jane, recovering after surgery, Tracy, recovering after knee replacement surgery, for the victims of war in the Middle East and Ukraine, Bart, for continued management of his illness, for Marion, Lisa, Charles, Carl, Tim, Benjamin, Bernadette, Sue, Jennifer, Doris, Timothy, Ronald, John, Kathy and Mary, all in treatment for cancer, for Glenn afflicted with a brain tumor, for the families of Leroy Hart, Emmy Gillettes, and Rosie Larson. Give them your holy care and strength to bear their crosses along with your comfort and peace. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, at your table, the afflicted eat the body and blood of your Son and are satisfied. Through our own afflictions, deeper our hunger for this table, that we may eat and drink and be satisfied by Christ's saving life. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, receive our praise this day for St. Peter and his confession that Jesus is the Christ. We rejoice that your Son builds his church upon this rock and that the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Keep us in this faith for all our days. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated as we gather together the offering. We invite you to fill up the friendship register.
Lord be with you. Give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who overcame the assaults of the devil and gave his life as a ransom for many that with cleansed hearts we might be prepared joyfully to celebrate the Paschal Feast in sincerity and truth. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you in body and soul to life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen. Amen. Salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord be with you. with our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.